This is The Varsity, a sports podcast from The Record North Shore, your nonprofit local news site. The Varsity is presented by the Illinois Bone and Joint Institute, with more than 150 fellowship-trained physicians in every orthopedic specialty and dozens of locations across Chicagoland and the suburbs. IBJI is your choice for patient-focused orthopedic care. To find the nearest location, visit IBJI.com. Howdy folks and welcome to the latest episode of the Varsity Podcast, the podcast where we discuss everything involving North Shore High School sports. I'm Michael Dwojek here with the Record North Shore founding member Joe Coglin. as we get you caught up on the big weekend of football and we preview a big week of football as well. Just a quick reminder before we get things started here on the Varsity Podcast that you can subscribe to our podcast anywhere that they're available. Make sure to uh, like us, review us, and subscribe and make sure you are uh, spreading the word and listening to other episodes of the podcast as well. We always appreciate your listenership. But when we talk about what happened in week three um, and start off with uh, another big matchup that was the start of conference season for Loyola taking on St. Rita. Um, if you guys listened to last week's episode of the podcast, we really talked a lot about the spring matchup between these two teams where um, it was a bloodbath and a really close uh, battle between the two um catholic league teams and uh joe on saturday that was not the case at all where loyola defeated st rita 37 to 7 seemed like a completely different uh st rita team than what we saw in the spring um obviously we know that they're missing their star player um but loyola just dominated every facet of the game on saturday yeah you know we expected it to be a defensive slugfest and um you know look it may have been if Loyola only ran the ball, but we saw kind of a coming out party, uh, at least to the masses, uh, for Jake Sterney. Um, he threw for over 300 yards. He found whatever receivers he wanted. He had an 80-yard score to, to Danny Collins, who's also emerging as just a reliable as you can get, as well as a, a guy with a big burst for Loyola at the wide, wide opposition. Um, so we have – we have Sterney throwing for 300 yards in this game. His previous game, he threw for four scores. And also, by the way, Marco Maldonado, the star tailback, has nine scores in three games. So we're we're looking at uh, maybe one of the most uh, – well, definitely one of the most dynamic loyal offenses we've seen, and their defense has caught up. I feel like at first they had to figure out some things, but um, they're just as smash mouth as – the, any Rambler defense you you want to put up against them. And I think a lot of that is because of uh, another strong linebacker in James Crutes, who's just an absolute wrecking ball on the field, uh, has that incredible combination of speed and power and just aggressiveness um, that you, you want to see in a linebacker. Um, and it's kind of rare, actually, to see all that in a combination uh, like Cruz, but um, he leads that defense that has played, that played extremely well as well against St. Rita and didn't let them move the ball. So uh, except I mean, early, you know, St. Rita did score. I believe it was, was it nine, seven or 16, seven, whatever it was. So it was close. And then uh, Loyola took off at home. So yeah, this team legit number one right now, and they're going to be the toughest challenges probably this week. So uh, we'll see another measuring stick for them. 
So we've talked about Maldonado. Obviously, he continues to uh, wreak havoc in the running game, and obviously um, he deserves all the praise and credit that he gets. But um, Jake Sterney, I mean, let's talk about him. 20 of 27 for 305 yards, rushed for 44 as well and six carries. Um, how huge is that for the loyal offense where obviously um, you try to defend them on the run and you maybe like put an extra guy in there, try to um, stack the box a little bit. But if you do that, then you run the risk of your passing defense suffering as well with Jake Sterney. I mean, how important is it um, just to have Jake kind of take that step and uh, really prove that he can really uh, air it out there? Yeah. And that's, that's what Rita tried to do is try to just lock down on Maldonado, which, you know, might be the best game plan you got and, and see what Sterney can do. But because of that, you know, their, some of their defensive backs had no help. And that's how Danny Collins got free for a slant and then 80-yard score uh, is, you know, he beat his guy inside and there was nobody there to protect uh, the, the, the beat defensive back. So uh, if Sterney can make those throws and they get time in the pocket with that experienced offensive line, I, I don't know how you stop Loyola offense. <laughs> it's it's down near impo- damn near impossible now. Um, if, if they can make those throws and he's proven he can make them to the outside, he's proven he can make them to the inside, uh, over the top as well to, to some of his bigger, um, deep threats like, uh, Ledbetter. Um, so, and you know, they got the tight end working, they got Jack Fitzgerald, um, working for three or four catches this week too, which we hadn't seen yet. So if they're going to be able to do that, when you, when you bring the house to stop the run, man, it's, you know, good luck, um, playing that playing that offense in, for anybody because Reed is going to have one of the best defenses in the state. So um, we're going to see Loyola put up 30 a game minimum, I think, from here on out. So you mentioned Crutes there, and let's talk about more about that defense where um, we always talk about Loyola and defense. That's synonymous at this point for anyone who's ever paid attention to Loyola football. But, I mean, how dangerous can this team be um, once this – kind of young and inexperienced defense really figures it out. Like they show that they've been able to do against St. Rita. Yeah. I think, um, you know, a complete, you're going to see the complete team. And a lot of times we've seen, well, a few times we've seen Loyola hasn't always been a complete 100% powerhouse unstoppable force on both sides. They've had some holes in their game. They've just been, um, you know, coached well enough and executed well enough that they're able to patch them over or, you know, um, strategize around them. So um, like most teams, you know, good teams, that's what they do. They're not going to be perfect. Um, this team uh, is looking very complete. And we talked about worrying about a couple of things. What do we worry about, Loyal? We're not worried about the running game. Uh, maybe Sterney. Let's see if he can make the throws when he has to. Okay. Uh, that defense, when they're faced with real pressure, are they going to be able to just lock teams down? And I don't know if they've been there yet. I mean, they've blown out every opponent. Um, but sure enough, it's going to stop teams. And it's fast and it's vicious. Uh, like I said, Cruz is vicious. Mike Williams on the front is vicious. We saw the junior um, D-end Brooks Barr uh, is something, could be something special right there, and he's huge. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, I really think this defense is rounding into form. And, uh, like I mentioned a couple questions ago, I think this brother rice offense is going to be at the toughest of faces. They got Maris later in the year. Um, Carmel has done some damage. Brother rice is really good. Um, I think they're probably averaging around 40, 35 points a game. Um, so now we're getting into Catholic league play. 
Uh, let's see if that defense can keep teams under two scores, like we said at the beginning of the year. Well, we'll talk more about that Brother Rice matchup in the fourth quarter, but why don't we move over now to uh, New Trier, who suffered its first loss of the season this past Friday in Northfield, a 28-23 to loss um, against the Broncos, where um, heading into the game, uh, Coach Brian Dalt knew that um, Barrington was going to be big and physical, and that's exactly what happened when you just watched um, these two teams play. Um, you just saw after a while, Nutria was able to uh, kind of keep things close, but after a while, that new, that uh, Barrington offensive line was just able to move things over where you have uh, Bronco quarterback Harley Thompson throwing for 145 yards, rushing for 46. He had uh, running back Evan Panesis rushing for 147 and 99. So um, really, I mean, it really just proved or showed that uh, what we were talking a little bit earlier in a previous episode show about where the defense uh, is still learning and still got to figure things out. And we kind of saw that on Friday. We're faced against a um, physical and big offensive line. Uh, the defense uh, is going to struggle a little bit here. Yeah, and uh, it, it, we can't say we didn't see that coming a little bit, just like Coach Dole. Uh, we've talked about it in this podcast a couple times. Um that they're new on the defensive end side and they have, even though they were two and zero, um, they've shown weaknesses at certain levels of the defense, especially being able to stop the run. And so we talked about the second and third level, the linebackers and the defensive backs, not being able to stop the run, not, not being able to uh, get teams off the field quickly, but their defensive line we were impressed with. Well, Barrington brought in big boys to control that offense. <laughs> or that defensive line. So with them neutralized, now you got to have those linebackers hitting their gaps, hitting their assignments and making plays within those first three, four yards, or at least making hits. Um, And it just didn't happen. Um, I think we saw, you know, obviously they pick up yards and uh, there were a couple big yard yardage plays, but mostly it was what Michael seven, six, but just, yeah, it was usually that. Yeah, yeah, they were just able to get those big plays where you needed them. I mean, you got a third and five or whatever, they got seven yards, or they got a third and one, and they were able to get two yards. And um, I mean, they took advantage of a new chair defense that didn't have senior lineman Charlie Zuzulia and uh, Charles August. So obviously, that's a you're you're, you're already playing without uh, some of your star players there. But um, yeah, Barrington was just able to uh, really take care of things and uh, really uh, just control the pace of the game and really do what they wanted. It kind of took away from um, a really good game again from Nevin Kermiscoli where uh, Coach Dahl talked about how ever since uh, the second half of that Lions game, um, he's really just impressed and really has been um, able to kind of be a star there. I mean, he threw for 180, 40 yards, two touchdowns, and just continues to show um, that he's a really um, just, a, it's able, it kind of seems that we're really watching him develop and, um, really make big plays. I mean, we saw a big 22-yard pass to Josh Kirkpatrick um, in the corner of the end zone. He also was a big fan of Finn Cohen uh, with the big critical 32-yard pass on fourth down in the fourth quarter when they were trying to come back and make it a closer game. But um, Kermit Scully really impressed me just with what um, he was able to do in tough situations. Yeah, I think he proved um, maybe he didn't need to. Maybe he's done it before, but he just continued to prove that he's got the arm to make all these throws and they didn't always connect, but he didn't get picked off either. So he's making throws that his receivers can make a play on. 
um, at least have a chance. And usually they're pretty close to on the money. So he really impresses me with that stuff. You know, we re- really saw Finn Cohen get going again. He had a great, I was wondering when they were going to pull that out of their bag, when they took that lead in the, was it the fourth or was it the third with that over the top uh, throw to, to Finn Cohen, who's six, four, um, you know, you got that six, four tight end. That's got all those skills um, and athleticism, when are you going to do a jump ball? Let's see it. And there it was. And he grabbed it right over the top. It was beautiful. And Nevin put it in a good spot. So that's another uh, arrow in their quiver, if you will. And um, I think that offense is going to be okay. Their running game has seemed to slow down since the first couple weeks, at least. But Barrington's got size. So that wasn't entirely unpredictable either that you put uh, their the running game. At least Nutria's offensive line was matched by the size of Barrington's D-line. So. I think that kind of neutralized each other and uh, just some small gains here. And Nevin proved that he can make the throws, but you don't get off the field on defense. Nevin's on on the field and his team aren't on the field long enough to, to threaten. Right. I mean, when we uh, were watching it, I mean, they got the, they were able to make it a 28, 23 game. And there was around, I think it was like eight minutes or seven minutes left. You would think if you get a defensive stop there and use your timeouts, that's more than enough time to go Mm -hmm. down the field. And, make a score, but obviously that defense was not able to do that. So, I mean, how concerning is that defense for you just moving down, moving in the conference play? I know they'll play Conant on um, this upcoming weekend, but then they got conference to start things off where um, that defense isn't able to hold things tight. There could be um, some lopsided scores there. Yeah, I think you're right. I think, you know, um, it is a concern. Um, it is a problem, um, at least stopping teams and getting them off the field. Um not allowing long sustained drives. I mean, that's the goal of any defense. You know, you can allow first downs, you can bend and not break. It's going to happen. Everybody's trying to get first downs. Um, so they're, they're going to at some point. Um, but your goal is to, you know, not allow them to be sustained drives. And if Nutria is not able to do that, that's going to limit their potent offense on the field. And there you go. You know, it's kind of a math equation at that point. They can only have so many possessions to score any points. So I think it's a concern when, especially when they face bigger teams, I think Conant usually has some big boys, but I think Nutria will outmatch uh, just on the talent side in that game. Um, but keep an eye out in Evanston too. You know, we talked a lot about how we were big, high on Evanston. At least I did. Evanston's been getting uh, really worked this year. It's not the same team. Um, I just think that's the difficulty of predicting high school sports, even though some stars are back those guys around those are important. You know, football's the ultimate team sport. You all got to work together. And uh, it, the formula or the, the puzzle doesn't seem to be fitting for Evanston right now. So I think Nutrier looks good in that matchup. But keep an eye on North and South, who we know from covering from years, always bring some big offensive linemen. And they want to run the ball. So those games could be very, very close, even though Nutrier might have more offensive firepower if they can't get those uh, – offenses of the Titans and Spartans off the field. So, and of course you got to build up for the end of the season matchup with Maine South. All right, we're halfway through the podcast. So let's give a quick thanks to our sponsor, the Illinois Bone and Joint Institute. They have many locations in the Chicago area. So make sure you are checking them out, move better and live better. We're going to play way or no way our weekly guessing here game here in the third quarter where I say a proposition or a question. And then Joe and I say way could happen or no way it cannot happen. So the Loyola boys soccer team is off to a strong start this year. Joe, so way or no way 
that uh, they can win their conference this year? I think way. I think they're the class of that conference. Um, I think they'll show it again. I think they were uh, ran away with it in the spring, I believe. And I don't think, uh, you know, I think they've only gotten better and deeper. So have other teams too in the, in the Catholic league, but they're the class of the league right now. Um, I think those other teams are chasing them. And um, I think they've had some close matchups in the past with a team like St. Rita, but um, I think it's, it's theirs to lose. I say way. Yeah, I think I'll agree with you there. I think way as well. Um, obviously, a strong team. And we, you watched them play against Nutria a little bit earlier in the season. So uh, two big, strong teams there, and they should be able to take care of business in conference. Um, you're also there to watch the Nutria girls volleyball team upset Loyola at home uh, this past weekend. So way or no way that the Nutria girls volleyball team can win sectional this year. Uh, away. I think they can do it. I think they proved it. I think those are the two best teams right there in the area. Um, Loyola and Nutria, assuming they're going to be in the same, um, the same sectional, same bracket. I think they can do it. It's just going to be an uphill climb. Loyola is that good. Um, Nutria put all the pieces together coupled with, um, you know, a bad stretch of play for Loyola, especially in the third set. Um, so, uh, you know, they, they pressed all the right buttons. I just think they'd have to do that again to beat Loyola. But at the same time, this team's growing. We'll talk about it. I think I'm going to mention in the fourth quarter, it's young, it's potent. Um, so they can do it. So I will say way it is possible. They take the sectional. Yeah, I agree with you there way. It is possible. I don't know if I'd go exactly way that it will happen, but I do think that it is possible that they can uh, win the sectional and it most likely will be against Loyola. All right, the Loyola boys golf team is off to a strong start with the second place finisher at the Buffalo Grove invite. So way or no way, Joe, that the Loyola boys golf team will have a medalist at the state meet this year or state uh, tournament? Ooh, good question. Um, they're also even that team. I will say way though, um, even though they kind of switch off who, who puts up the best performance, like, like a lot of good golf um, teams do. Um, I think uh, we're going to see one of those guys um, separate themselves at state, maybe a couple, even they're that good. I mean, I think they're, if they're not a state favorite, they're, they're in the top three contention. Um, Nutria is a really good golf team. I think they, I think they took another title this past weekend um, if I'm not mistaken. So they're, they're legit. I will say way they get a, they get a placer. Yeah. I think I'd agree with you there too. Uh, I think Ryan Banus, who, who uh, finished second at the Deerfield invite, um, that's what I was talking about. Um, he uh, finished second, so I think he's a candidate to do well at the state meet. But like you mentioned, a lot of other good golfers as well. So away, I think it'll happen. Um, so we are, uh, for our fourth way or no way, we're already revamping our preseason football way or no way with Marco Maldonado, where we, um, what was the number we set it at? Was it like 12 or something like that? At the beginning of the year, you set it at 11. 11. All right. Well, he's two off of that already three games into the season. So we're going to change that up a little bit and say, where no way Marco Maldonado scores 20 touchdowns this season. So uh, where or no way they scores more than 20, Joe. I will say way. Uh, I'm going to, I'm just keep riding the, the Marco Maldonado train here. Um, you know, barring injuries, I think that's entirely possible. I don't think he's going to keep averaging three a game uh, or else we're going to end up with what, 27, but um they're going to have playoff games too. And at least a couple, um, 
uh, and probably four. So four or five. Um, so I say way he goes over that. I think there's going to be games where he's uh, not in it the whole game, but that's already happened and he's at nine already. So he's not only working his benefit besides all his, you know, his, his skill set is that he's a major contributor and target in the passing game. And we've seen that over and over. So even if they stop the run, you know, he's going to get free, um, free for Jake Sterney. So I will say way over 20. Um, he's already proven me wrong once, but I think I'm still going to go no way because I think he'll get to 20 or around 19 where, um, I mean, obviously he's going to be playing tougher teams now, um, with brother Rice and Marist and Mount Carmel. And yeah, there'll be some playoff teams as well, but, um, I think he'll finish around 19 or 20. So I don't think he'll go over, um, but you know, 20 touchdowns is not something to really look down on. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I think I'll go with no way him hitting more than 20 touchdowns this year. All right, our final way or no way is way or no way, Joe. Are you down on the Trevians football team? No. Oh. From the be- okay, from the beginning of the season, no way. I'm not down. I thought this was about who they were. They'd lose to Barrington. Um, hopefully they'd make it close, but Barrington's a bigger, stronger program. I think we said that at the beginning of the year. Um, and they're a seven and two, six and three ball club. Um, from before Barrington, after they started 2-0, I kind of drank the Kool-Aid a little bit um, and thought their defense would, would show up a little stronger and they could pull it off. And they could have pulled it off, but Barrington was in control. They, they were in control of that whole game. So I will say no way I'm not down on them from where I was at the beginning of the season, but from where I was a week ago, yes, slightly. Is that, does that answer your question? <laughs> so that is a both a way and a no way in one answer. Um, I think I'll go with no way I'm not down on them because, I mean, I did choose them to lose last week. So, I mean, it's not that crazy. I don't know. I think this team is very good. I just thought that they were going to lose to Barrington. I probably have them losing to Maine South at the end of the year, but that doesn't mean that this team is bad or not going to make the playoffs or is not, cannot make some noise in the playoffs. I just think that there are some weaknesses right now and maybe they'll figure them out. And by the time, uh, the playoffs start, they're going to be rolling on um, all uh, cylinders. But for right now, I'm not, I'm not down on them. No way I'm down on them. I just, they're playing the way I expected them to play. All right. And that's everything we've got for way or no way here. So let's move on over to the fourth quarter where before we preview a big uh, brother rice and Loyola matchup and Nutria and Conan matchup as well. Uh, Joe, I know before you made it to the football game on Friday, you covered a huge, uh, matchup between Loyola and Nutrier and girls volleyball where um, Nutrier after dropping the first set was able to come back um, and upset the Ramblers at home. Yeah. And Nutrier just didn't drop the first set. They got lit up. Um, Loyola, Loyola did what they've done to a lot of teams so far this season in the first set is just overwhelmed them with their, uh, with their size on the defensive end and, and offense with just kind of a well, well-rounded um, attacking led by Ma, Ma, Mia McGrath, who's going to Clemson, top-rated recruit in the state. And she she showed out. She showed who she is um, throughout this contest. But, you know, Nutrier got back in that match in the second set. They started out strong, um, and they kind of just clung to that lead until the end. Um, even, you know, Loyal even came back to be down one, and then they um, Nutrier turned it on again. And then the second set, Loyola went up about five and held it for a while. And then I'll tell you, CC Burns, um, you know, she just took over 
And obviously that's not done without uh, an incredibly uh, efficient and effective passing game and uh, the setting of Nicole Cornell, who's really maturing at the center position. I think she, um, she's a sophomore and I think, um, you know, some of her, her decision-making at times can be questioned, but um, she really sets up her teammates for success. And um, when, you know, Burns is going strong, um, you, she kept feeding her the ball and she kept finding the holes in the blocks. Maybe Loyola was a little tired and she kept finding um, their weaknesses in their double block. Um, and she took over. And I think she had three of the last four or three of the last five points were all Burns kills. Uh, it was awesome. It was such an awesome atmosphere. The green team was there. Um, I think they made the football game afterward, but they stayed the whole, the whole match and they were going crazy. I love that atmosphere for volleyball. I've said it before. I think volleyball has a potential to be the most exciting sport because there's a point on every possession, every possession, there's a point. So you get to cheer every what 15, 20 seconds. Um, so it's right. like, like a sustained excitement that can build. Um, and so that's why I love when there's a good crowd there, they really get into it. And the green team really helped good home court advantage. Um, it was a fun match, man. I really thought, um, Nutrier being as young as they are at some key positions set or opposite, like their, their second option. Um, some of their passers, um, and their middles are young. Um, I thought it'd take them a while to really figure it out, but in spurts, they are among the best teams in the state. They gotta be. So they put it all together. I think they'll be right there in the end. Um, and for Loyola, uh, I mean, they're, they're a top team who just ran on some mistakes. They could not. Nutria's aggressive serving, of course, had a lot to do with it and their strong attack, but they couldn't get into their offense. Um, the passing was off. So therefore, of course, that's a domino effect. The settings off. You don't get the hits you want in the places you want. Me and McGrath yeah. should have probably had 10 to 15. Um, 15 is a lot more. Maybe – maybe eight to 10 more touches um, on the attack and they just couldn't get her the ball. So um, yeah, that, I think that's the story right there is uh, Nutria took them out of their offense and executed on the Trevian's offense. Obviously a really fun matchup that I'm sure we will see later on in the season as the volleyball season progresses. But why don't we go over now and preview. Uh, let's start with Nutria. We'll start off with Nutria uh, traveling over to Conan, who is one and two. Uh, this season now one of Conan's strongest teams so um, what are you expecting uh, out of this new cheer team on Friday Joe and um, uh, what do you just kind of expect them to kind of bounce back um, after a tough week of practice I'm sure and also just losing to Barrington yeah I do I do expect them to bounce back and I, I expect them to do it with some intensity I think you know when you start off 2-0 and like they did I think they were they were budding with confidence going into Barrington and Barrington kind of shut them up um, with a lot of physical play, which is tough to take. So I think Nutria's regrouping this week and building that confidence back up. I think they know uh, they expect to win that game. They expect to win all their games um, with the talent they got on the field. So they're going to come in. I think it's going to be, I think they're going to could do some big things against Conant um, who I think they, they outclass a little bit. And I expect that defense to make some big stops. I think Alex Mendez, uh, who's their safety, who's, uh, you know, the leader of that defense, I think we saw more out of him in, in the game against Barrington than I had in the previous two games. And I think we're going to continue to see that because I think he's going to realize how important he is to that defense and, and what he has to do to make stops um, all over the field. 
Um, and I think we're going to see some bigger things out of the linebackers because they have to. Now, if Charlie Zazula is not on the defensive line, that's huge for them. And I think he has a, something messed up in his hand, so I don't know when he'll be back. Um, yeah. They're going to have to shore that up um, to compete in the CC, the CSL when they get there. So we'll see what they do this week, but I expect a, a pretty energized performance Friday. Yeah, it should be a lot of fun. You'd expect Coach Dahl and the coaching staff has them ready uh, to rebound after a down week against Barrington, but um, it should be a fun game in Hoffman Estates, and we'll see how they're able to do um, on the road. But let's move over to the matchup that I'm sure most of the state at this point is looking forward to this weekend when it comes to high school football, and that is Loyola going off against Brother Rice. Both teams coming in at 3-0 and with uh, uh, Brother Rice beating Bennett uh, 42-6 on Friday. So both teams coming off of big lopsided wins over this past week in the game being at Brother Rice on Friday night um, at 6 o'clock. Um, I mean, what are you expecting out of this game? I mean, obviously we're three games into the season. Um, we're really impressed with Loyola. Um, obviously impressed with what Brother Rice was able to do too. I mean, they've won 42-6 to six twice. Um, just what, um, what do you expect out of this matchup against uh, two of probably the best teams in the state? Yeah, I think there's no question there too of the top. Let's just let's just call it five or whatever it is um, in the state. And I I expect shoot. I don't know what to expect. It's hard to tell with Brother Rice because they played Hillcrest uh, in week right. a you know normally pretty good football team, but much smaller class um, than Brother Rice. Um, so hard to tell there. It's kind of like Loyola playing a Rochester, but, you know, Hillcrest not up to Rochester standards, but still. And then Bennett, who's historically just an okay team and not not at the level of Brother Rice. So I, I'm not sure what to tell you about Brother Rice, except they have an explosive offense. They have a quarterback in Loesch that's a dual threat, and he was able to score a couple times on Loyola last year, um, which is rare, last year in the spring. Um, and they got a running attack, too. So – um, I think they're going to threaten that defense and, um, I think they're going to score a couple of times, um, out of Loyola, I expect more of the same to, you know, I don't think brother rice is going to be able to stop them. I don't think anybody is now the thing is, is brother rice can be able to contain them to about 20 points and score 21 to 27 or whatever. That's the question. I don't think so. I think we're still looking at a Loyola high twenties or, you know, 30s game, and Brother writes a couple scores. So that's kind of what I'm looking at, some scoring, but Loyola just being too, too much. Does this have the makings of kind of what happened this past weekend where we kind of talked about St. Rita and Loyola being a big matchup, obviously two big conference rivals. And um, we obviously we've seen Loyola play, and Brother Rice obviously we still don't know a little bit about. But could this be a game where Loyola just does to Brother Rice what they just did to St. Rita? I think it's entirely possible. Um, I don't think it's probable just because uh, I think Brother Rice has the offense to stay on the field longer than Rita did and um, kind of put that pressure on Loyola's defense with a pretty strong passing game, which we've seen has been – Achilles heel is not the right word, but maybe a <laughs> – some area you can attack Loyola. If there is one, um, you might be able to get him in the passing game. So – um, brother Rice be able to do that. I think, I think they're going to keep the ball longer than Rita does, but 
it's entirely possible they turn the ball over three times because of Loyola's aggressiveness and quickness on the defensive end. And we're looking at the same thing after three, two quarters, two and a half quarters, because Loyola is going to move the ball. Um, they're just too, they're too potent on offense. How much do you, I mean, does it matter at all that it's a road game at all? I mean, I know Loyola obviously has played um, at home so far, and um, but how much is a road contest uh, traveling all the way down to Oakland has that kind of play a factor into this game too? That's true. Things I just don't, uh, thank you for reminding me of that. Things I don't think about right away as I'm looking at the game, but you know, it's a couple of the intangibles is uh, the brother rice crowd is going to be, you know, lit. It's going to be wild because not only is it two, three, no teams and brother rice has hopes of a state championship as well. It's on Comcast in the return of uh, the Comcast Friday night game. Um, so it'll be live. Um, and uh, there's going to be reporters all over the field. So it's a six o'clock game too. So a little earlier. So not the damn matters. They were going to come if it was seven anyway, but maybe Loyola travels a little better because of that. Uh, although it's far, I don't know if that makes them travel better or worse at six o'clock fighting traffic. Uh, traffic could be rough. <laughs> Loyola crowds probably, um, the kids will probably stay home and just leave from the city. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. But uh yeah, you put all this together in a package, maybe it gets Brother Rice a little bit more um, of an advantage, a little bit more of a crowd help. But I still think, you know, well, the players do the playing and uh, they're too confident right now in my mind. So what has you most concerned about this matchup for Loyola? Is that defense or what are you thinking? Yeah, yeah, it is. It's if, if Loesch uh, has his way, um, and that means both being a threat – throwing and passing uh, and running. Um, and he's able to just move the football consistently. Um, you know, then you keep Loyal's offense off the field and uh, it's going to be a back and forth game then. Um, so I think that's my big one. Can Loyola get him off the field on third downs? Um, and I know we say that a lot of football, obviously that's, <laughs> that's the goal of any football team, but um when you out, when you, you you are better than a team, which I think Loyola is better than Brother Rice, that's what you have to do. You don't want to make the game, you don't want to shorten the game for the for the opposing team, um, and make it, you know, you get seven possessions instead of ten. You don't want to do that. So um, that's the biggest concern. And and if he exploits the the passing, uh, the you know, uh, passing defense of Loyola, I think it's a possibility. I just it's hard to see that happening with what Loyola has done so far. All right, let's get some predictions out of you. What do you think happens in that Conan Nutria matchup and then uh, Brother Rice and Loyola? I like this matchup for Nutria. Um, I don't think they're at a point. There's also the threat of them pressing too much after a loss and really trying to uh, redeem themselves and chase the loss, which isn't good. But I don't think they'll do that. I think they'll have them ready. And I'm thinking something like a uh, – I think they put up another um, 30 spot. I'll say 34 to 17. Interesting. I was going to go 35 to 10. I think the defense will give up some points. But I think uh, uh, the offense is going to do some damage against Dakota defense. So I think they'll put up uh, 35 there. All right, what's your prediction for Loyola at Brother Rice? Yeah, it's not like Brother Rice is going to take them by surprise, right? Um, you know, there might be a trap game in this conference. Maybe it's Marist before Mount Carmel later in the year, um, if, if there is one. But uh, 
I, I just don't see it from this brother rice team, but I do think they're going to score on Loyola. Um, but I think Loyola is going to answer quickly. So I think they won't lose possessions and I think they'll, uh, they'll do enough on the defensive end and, and with Loyola enough, I mean, you know, pretty darn good, um, to take over this game. I think it's going to be, uh, I'm going to say something almost similar to the Nutrier thing, um, but I'll say they even score again. I'll say 38 to 14. Wow. That is much bigger than I expected. I actually have a 24 to 17 uh, win for Loyola. Um, and I think uh, it will be much closer than uh, maybe a lot of people will give them credit for. But I do, I, I do think it will be a close matchup. I don't, I think maybe Loyola maybe pulls away a little bit late in the fourth quarter as they tend to do, but um, I do think that'll be a close matchup for much of the game, but I do think Loyola is going to be able to win. But uh, regardless of what the score is, it's definitely going to be uh, one of the best games happening over the weekend. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be good. Uh, I'm glad that um, live high school football is back uh, on TV. Um, So thank you to, it is Comcast, right? Not NBAC's. I think it's, it's either the U or Comcast. I, I think they mix it up sometimes. Yeah. So thank you to them for, for doing that, um, bringing it back. It means a lot to a lot of people. It means a lot to the kids um, as well. Um, so get those kids on, showcase them a little bit and what high school football is in this state. And these are two of the best teams to show off. Um, but I, I do think it'll be a good game. I just really think seeing what Loyola did to St. Rita, which has a good defense, uh, I – I really, I really think they're going to have a pretty, pretty impressive game plan against Brother Rice, and um, I, I expect them to execute it. Definitely, I think definitely would be a fun matchup. And make sure you guys are catching up with us and checking out our stories and all that kind of stuff at therecordnorthshore.org for all the latest updates. Follow on social media as well for the, all the latest scores and uh quotes but that's everything that we've got for you folks at this week's episode of the varsity podcast just a quick reminder before we say goodbye that you can subscribe to the podcast anywhere that they're available like us subscribe and leave a comment as well and spread the word while you're at the games this week and make sure people know that you listen to the record north shore varsity podcast so for joe and i thanks so much for joining us this week and we will talk to you guys down the road see ya Thank you for listening to the Varsity, a product of the record NorthShore.org, your nonprofit local newsroom. The Varsity is presented by the Illinois Bone and Joint Institute with more than 150 fellowship trained physicians in every orthopedic specialty and dozens of locations across Chicagoland and the suburbs. IBJI is your choice for patient-focused orthopedic care. To find the nearest location, visit IBJI.com.